I'm joined in the studio by Dave Plummer and Stuart Davies from the Green Business Charter. First of all, can you tell me about the, the Green Business Charter, what it is uh, and what you actually do? Well, the Green Business Charter itself is a, is a new initiative set up. Uh, it's aimed at helping the micro small business community in showing their green credentials. One of the big um, problems that we have is within the environment, we know we've got environmental issues that need to be dealt with. A lot of people look towards governments and that to say they need to do certain things and that they should be responsible for doing um, what needs to be done. The reality is it's on all of us. So the Green Business Charter itself was set up to start to aid the micro-small business community to help show that they, uh, that they have green credentials that are doing something. And this, as we'll talk about later on, will impact into things like the supply chain, why they should be doing it. So it's not just a case of it's the right thing to do. It will also add value to them as a business. So there's good reasons why they should be doing it. And this has become more important uh, in recent years. More people are paying attention to this sort of thing now. You would like to think so. You really would. The thing is, again, it's an education. It's about getting out and educating people as to what the problems are. Um, we hear a lot, you know, people pay lip service to it. There's an awful lot of, hey, let's do this and do that. The reality is we need a coming together. We need something which will galvanise businesses to come together because the business community has the power to do a lot of good. We have the larger organisations that um, can do their ISOs, get their accreditations that way. And there's an awful lot going on now within regards to net zero, net zero accounting. The smaller businesses can't even be involved in that. So the larger companies are leaving them behind in relation to how they can actually do things and show their credentials. So really, from our perspective there, it's the Green Business Charter is about aiding and helping all of those to get to a, a um, I suppose, net zero. But I, I'm not a great fan of the term net zero because it's a very difficult thing to get to. But really, if we can help green issues across the entire country, the aim of the GBC is to create a model that will work not just in this country, but in other countries. However, because every country is different, which is own um its own way of working, its own religions and so on and so forth, its own society, is getting cooperatives to take on the model and change that model to fit theirs so that then they can take it on. So it becomes a global thing, but it started from the UK. Why did you want to start this? What was the inspiration for you to take some action and to begin the Green Business Charter? It really came from, um, I, I run a thing which is called Contractor Match. Contractor Match is, and this is a plug on Contractor Match, yeah, but there we go. What it is, Contractor Match is about helping micro small businesses engage with each other and um, find work. So you get the larger organisations put opportunities out. You get the small opportunities pushing opportunities out. But it's a, a real-time hidden platform where you you anonymous when you post something. But the problem is, again, it comes down to, and the whole thing is we need a greener supply chain. And one of the things we identified there was we needed a different way of being able to engage with people and show their credentials from the green supply chain. And as a micro small business, as we alluded to a moment ago, they can't afford to get the ISOs and put the time out. I mean, you run a micro business, you're doing everything. Yeah. You know, you don't have that time. You don't have strength in depth. You don't have the multiple departments to be able to do things. Therefore, it's all on you. So where do you find the time to do this? And so when we start looking at that, the, the GBC came about from it needed to be not for profit. It needed to be something that isn't there to benefit from anything. It's there to aid and to support and help. So uh, that's where it really came from was uh, was that angle there. Okay. And then Dave and me um, spoke about it at length and we decided that it was an opportunity. And as we said, it's an embryonic stage at the moment, early stage. We've got a course that we've just had accredited. We're writing another course at the moment. 
um, which will be the first ever biodiversity course for business. Uh, that's going to be credited by certain universities. We've got a couple we're talking to at the moment. Once that's done, we'll be able to put that out. And then it comes down to it's education. Education is key to getting people to understand what uh, you know what can be done so when you're asking the question before you know what people are doing about it are they really involved and engaged with it at the moment no not on a big scale not on the scale that we need we've, we've met with some medium-sized companies with a view to getting them and their staff to go through the process the smaller businesses will be a little bit more difficult again this is an education to get out there speak to them because yes they've got to put their hand in the pocket to do the course but all the money's coming back into the GBC and um We'll talk about what the GBC does with that money a little bit later on, I think. But um, yeah, that for a small business and for a medium business, it's about educating their people within. So the great thing about it is the courses. It's not just one person in the business goes and does the course. You've got to have 75% of your staff go through the course to be able to then be credited as a company that holds the carbon certificates or holds the uh, biodiversity certificates. Um, so yeah, that it's... It's that education again, and I keep going on about education, but that education side of it will allow those people to really start to get an understanding and the differences that they can make, not just within the business, but at home, and then hopefully spread that on to other people. So it, everything, you know, it all comes about and starts to make a difference. Yeah. And this is applicable to, to all types of business, so services businesses or construction or a whole range every business yeah every every business will have some form of waste every business creates emissions every business has staff you know so when we all do things at home we all have different things it's there's so much that you can do within when you start talking about biodiversity um and uh, there's been the program on recently about the british isles and that and about the nature within our own islands well that biodiverse range there we start when we start to take things away we we start to mess around with that equilibrium and that's you know that becomes very dangerous back in the studio with dave and stuart from green business charter we've been talking a bit already uh, about the idea behind green business charter and how it got started Um, so now i'd like to ask a bit about some of the the green issues that businesses uh, are facing at the moment so maybe we can start with actually what does the green business charter do uh, and what are the sort of projects that you're looking at at the moment Okay, well, the Green Business Charter, as we said at the beginning, is a not-for-profit organisation. Uh, so when people come on and they do the training with us, they'll they'll get charged for the training, but that money comes into the uh, the Green Business Charter. Plus, they'll pay a very, very small monthly fee, uh, and that allows us to keep running the systems and the else. But what it also does is that money goes into the GBC, which then goes into projects. So the GBC has a number of uh, different ways of looking at the projects. One is we have what we call direct environmental uh, so that could be things like um, we buy a swathe of land and we plant meadow fields on that particular swathe of land. Therefore, we start to bring pollinators back. With the pollinators, we can then bring in beehives. Therefore, you've got beekeepers. And so there's a secondary industry to that side of life. So we start to bring those back in. We start to build a secondary industry, only a very small cottage-based industry, but it's local. Then um, we have things like bamboo. So bamboo is 40% more efficient to take an oxygen out of the air. It grows very, very rapidly. You want to make sure, of course, you get clumping bamboo rather than running bamboo, unless, of course, you can have the controls in place. But that side of it is it also then can be used, chopped down, and it grows very quickly. I think I may not be 100% factually correct, but I think there's one that grows about 35 centimetres a day. And it'll grow in the UK. So if you take that within a few days, you've got another metre, you can chop it 
and it'll keep growing, it'll keep taking out the carbon, securing that down. But now you've got a secondary product that you can use. I mean, you're making bamboo clothes, bamboo Absolutely. socks. Yeah, well, with the fine powders you can create, you can create so many things out of it. Right. So those are direct environmental. Another one is kelp. Um, so when this 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 idea, I mean, I know there are places around the UK that are trying to put kelp in and reforest, re- do a forestation of kelp. But kelp itself has so many characteristics. It can be used as a food, but it's also used as a nursery for fish. So if you plant enough of it going out, what you now do is you now you put a nursery in place. Fishes, the larger fish can't get in. The fishing fleets can't get in. Therefore, we've now got a nursery for fish. And this is taken by a South American country who um, their fishing industry had been decimated. What they went and did was they planted kelp out to an eight-mile ra- uh, eight range but then stopped all fishing within 15 miles, apart from their own small fishing vessels. The fish grew, they moved out as they grew, they then became fish for fishing, and therefore they rejuvenated their fishing industry. So what was dead actually regrew, and that's something we could look to rejuvenate in the UK. So if we get it right, and we can stop the larger fishing vessels doing what they're doing, we can then start to rejuvenate the local fishing trade. So that's another area, and those are what we call direct environmental because they have a massive effect on the environment and sequestration of um, carbon. Then there's a non, um, so the more technical, so non-direct, the technical. They can be things, um, there's one that's going on at the moment up uh, towards towards Scotland, and they're looking at utilising kelp um, to change it into uh, containers and that, which would normally be plastic, but they're making out of this, which is then fully biodegradable. Uh, and so there's things like that. There's a lot of technical things. Um, there's, of course, vehicle batteries and that sort of stuff. Uh, looking also at hydrogen-based things, so green hydrogen. How do you get that working properly? Now, there's there's big people playing with that. There's lots of money being put into it. Yeah. But if we've got money coming into us, when we talk, we you know when we talk about the amount of businesses that there are in the UK, um, 5.7 million micro small. They generate 49% of the GDP. Um, they equate for 99.3% of all the businesses. So quite often we look at the larger businesses and go, yeah, great, they're generating all this. But without those smaller ones, you don't have it. They're all your local, your local supply chain side, and like that. And if they're starting to put a very small amount of money into a project, if we had a million businesses at £5 a month, that gives us £5 million, which can go into direct or indirect environmental-based projects. And when you start looking at that, you go, wow, that's a big amount of money that can really start to make a difference. Yeah. So that's something I was was going to ask you is when you talk to small businesses and micro businesses about the, the impacts they can have, if you look, you know, me and, and, and one other employee, perhaps, how can we be making a difference? So it sounds like by like an effect of, of lots of them coming together, that, that can be what happens. Exactly, yeah. The more you get together, it's, it's basically a cooperative of businesses coming together to make a difference. Um we have so as they go through the training that they make pledges for the um what they're going to do and we're putting in place tracking so that it's not just hey we say we're going to do this but then they never do anything it is monitored so therefore they've got to do what they say they're going to do to maintain the green business charter emblem badge seal of approval whatever um so they've got to be able to do those things but again on that side of it it's about getting um those small businesses to engage properly to um for them the difference and the effect that it can have for them is well it's massive really in regards to this the way that they can be seen within the supply chains yeah so it sounds like there's there's so many 
uh, so much potential there. It must be very exciting to be working on these sorts of things and um, you know coming up with all these different uh, projects and ideas and possibilities. Yeah, I think um, you know, myself and Stuart are really excited. What else can we say? You know, it's a it's a it's a growing field. You know, it's a, something we are passionate about. We want to do something about it. Green business charter designed specifically at the small to medium enterprise business, and we feel with the, a growing membership, you know, we can take it forward. Yeah, we are massively passionate about it. It's we have to. Do, everybody has to do the bit. You know, we think we're going to do a big bit, you know. But if we can just get every company to do their little piece of the jigsaw, as it goes on and we evolve, and like Stuart mentioned, if we can get large memberships, you know, we can put lots of money back into the system, do our bit, and feel absolutely one hundred and one percent we have really, really tried to do our best. Mm. Yeah. One one of the things we tend to find is when you um, when you deal with organisations, other organisations that are trying to do similar things, they tend to be aimed and just focused in one area, and they're try and and they're trying to get just um, and let's say just car- carbon emissions that sort of stuff. They're just looking one area, but the problem's a lot bigger than that. And when we look at tree planting, we're going to go and plant some trees. Yeah, but is that really making the massive difference? A lot of people just carbon offset. Yeah, we'll do that carbon offset. And you go, is that really the way to do it? Well, no. And I think, you know, if we, if we looked at people like Ben Fogel, David Attenborough, all those people, Sir David Attenborough, all those people, then they would be of the same vein that we are in regards to we need to make a wider difference. And that's so why I mentioned those names, because if you're listening, get on and give us some support. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking in a few minutes a bit more specifically about businesses coming to you and getting in touch. Mm. But you mentioned a few minutes ago about the pledge, about businesses taking a pledge. Could you give us an example of of what might be in that pledge? If a business was going to make one of those, what it might contain? So what you've got is within the business, of course, you've got the individuals, the personnel, and then you've got the actual business itself. So the business itself might determine, right, we need to cut our carbon emissions. Um, What's our vehicle fleets at the moment? They could be all diesel or petrol. So what what can we do to cut those? They could go to electric and therefore then looking at how they charge the electric. And there are some large organisations around that are looking to build and put into place their own um, solar farms. That will then charge their vehicles. Um, or it will run other things. There's one that's actually looking to build their own hydrogen plant to power their vehicles. Those are big companies that have a lot of money. But for the smaller business, it's that case of what can I do? What can I change? What makes it better? Um, and so things like, yes, changing your vehicles, changing that. Or the other one is, and it's a great one, is cut down the mileage. Right. Do you need to do so much travelling? Nowadays, what, what um, COVID did teach us was, we don't need to get out all the time. We can do it from a computer. We can get onto Zoom meetings. So that 20-minute drive down the road because you want to go and have a cup of coffee with somebody to have a face-to-face, well, you can have the face-to-face and make your own coffee. Yeah. You know, And it's it's changing mindset of businesses to say that's a difference you can make. You know, uh, And that can make a massive impact. I mean, my pledge when I did my course was that I was going to cut my mileage. I was doing about 20,000 miles per annum. I cut it down to 9,000 miles in the last year. 
So that's 10,000 miles. I, I think I said just over three and a half tons of carbon emissions by my pledges. So there's those sort of pledges. Then there's the personal pledges. And when we talk about biodiversity and things like that, it can be as simple as, um, you know, starting to put together a bug farm. You know, so down in your garden, go and build your kids a little bug farm where they can see the worms, the ants and all that stuff and have them play. Um, start to bring some biodiversity back, you know, allow for fencing where the hedgehogs can get through and go yeah, from yeah. one to another. Simple little things that we wouldn't normally think about, but I know Chris Packham would be happy with that. Yeah, and it's all these things of looking at what can we do individually and pledge to do, but then show we've actually done it. So I'm back in the studio with Dave and Stuart from Green Business Charter. We've been talking about the, the various issues so far. So if a business was to get in touch with you, can you sort of just tell us a bit about the process of what happens then and, and how that, that it actually works? We've got the uh, website, which is greenbusinesscharter.org, but to make life easy, it's gbc.eco. And then go to the website. There's a part there which says get involved, but also all the courses will be listed up there that are up and coming. And they'll be able to go and register onto a course. When they register onto a course, they just choose, of course, the course they want to go on to. They'll pay their uh, money for going on to the course. Uh, the course will be run. At the end of that course, they'll make their pledges. The pledges will be listed within the uh, website and there'll be an administration area they can go into to keep their pledge up to date. And that'll also then provide them with a seal. The seal they can use on their websites to say they're part of the Green Business Charter and there'll be a number associated with that seal, which if you click on it will take you to their profile within our site so that you can prove that they are and they're up to date with uh, with what they say. Uh, and really it's as easy as that. Thank you very much both of you for, for coming in today. David Stewart from uh, Green Business Charter. Uh, the website is gbc.eco and if you go there there'll be all the information that we've been talking about this morning. Great, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.